How's it going, citizens of the Reject Nation? And thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to our Lord of the Rings recap and review series for the Rings of Power, airing now on Amazon. This is our review and immediate thoughts after watching episode two, uh, and then kind of our thoughts on the premiere overall as they drop two episodes at once. So if you missed our thoughts on episode one in a microscope, you can find that in podcast form as well as on uh, our channel in reaction form and on our Patreon in full-length watch-along form. And you know what else? You can find this episode in all those places as well. So if you want to check out the episode two highlights with us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Real Rejects, that's the place to find that. Or if you want to sync up with your own copy and enjoy the full episode experience alongside us, come on over to patreon.com slash The Real Rejects. And if you just like the channel, maybe consider checking out our Zero Edition uh, shop, zeroedition.com store. We got some cool designs, cool designs coming up, cool designs already up, all sorts of things up and, and, and around, and maybe potentially on your body. Do with that what you will. Anyhow, uh, this is the most agreeable show uh, of all time, and uh, we got some thoughts right now. So uh, without further ado, let's talk about it. Who's that? I'm not sure. Gandalf? Definitely. Isildur? Definitely. Aragorn? It's definitely all three of them. Wow. Yeah. Before they all split up? Yeah. There's three kids in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I told you we shouldn't take this boat. <laughs> 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 Quiet down. <laughs> we will take which boat I choose, and you will say nothing else on the matter. So Gandalf always sounded that way. Yes, even as a young man, wizard guy. <laughs> <laughs> I am young Gandalf. I am old Gandalf. I am old. I, I am middle-aged Gandalf. Teenage Gandalf. <laughs> In all fairness, Ian McKellen has always looked. 88 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, he's one of a long line of prolific actors who have been old ever since they were born. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Abe Vigoda and Patrick Stewart. <laughs> no, not Patrick Stewart. He looked young once, by oh. comparison. All right, fine. Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. Freaking <laughs> old ass Steve Buscemi. <laughs> All right. Snap diggity. I like that episode so much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like by a lot. <laughs> yeah, I would say that that definitely uh, uh, grew well out of the first one in an upward trajectory. I don't even know if it's a great episode. It might just feel great by comparison <laughs> to that super shitty first episode. That embarrassing <laughs> first episode. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, when they release two like this, it's like they want you to watch the second one to get a completer package. Yeah. Yeah, and um, no, it, it it made everything just so much better. Like, I, I, I was I'm way more on board now. Um, and I, I, I'm, in, I'm genuinely, when you cut to around to the stories, I'm like, oh, I'm interested in what's going on. Like, when sometimes in, when you have such a big ensemble and you cut around to storylines, a lot of times I might end up feeling in a, in a way of, Oh, why we cut away? I don't really want to watch these guys. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm actually into it. But I noticed with everyone they cut to, I was always interested. Mm. I got a little pulled out thinking about myself. 
<laughs> of oh yeah, I'm 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 actually interested in like everyone's storyline. Holy crap, this is good. This is good. And the, if Greg's in with it, must mean it's all right. It must mean it's quality. <laughs> it must mean it's quality. Stamp of approval. I'm a, I'm a you guys are all free to like it now. Okay. Yeah, I'm known to be the one who doesn't like anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's man. my reputation. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the guy who can't get on board with anything. Uh, no, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought this introduction of um, Prince Durin was. Uh, is it pronounced it Durin? With Prince Durin was excellent. That was like what I was kind of craving with every character yeah, right. <laughs> from in the first episode, where I'm like, no, no, there's ways where you can give a character a short introduction and move the plot, but also get you to go like, no, that's that's a character I'm on board with. And I thought Prince, the, whoever I don't know this actor, um, o- o- Wayne, o- Wayne Arthur, uh, but the character himself, like that was so refreshing. You know, because it's like, yeah, the I was making jokes, but the the dwarves are, you know, they they, they be a little bit, they be a little arrogant and tough, and right. and and a difficult wall to. It's depending on the dwarf you're talking to, but usually if it's like the prince or leader character, they're brooding. So it was like, all right, okay, I get it. But then to see that his whole thing was he was just he didn't want to feel used, yeah. <laughs> and that he was just upset for feeling like a friend. Just never bothered to be there for the important moments in life. And this he's just such a sensitive dude at the end of the day. And also, you know, seeing like his wife and that loving relationship they have where they're just about to bang on that table uh, was was great. And, and the fact that, he, you know, he, he definitely kept Elrond in his heart by planting that tree, mm-hmm. too. I thought that was really sweet and really touching. That scene was like everything with them was excellent. And this episode also significantly made Elrond a much more interesting character to me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like as if he's got something to prove himself as well, you know? Yeah, I feel like there's it's kind of it can be tricky to make the younger version of a character like that feel like somebody that you can. I don't know, meet partway and who doesn't feel like they're trying too hard to get to the Elrond we all know and remember, who's, you know, very lofty and ethereal and authoritative. Like, I, I like, yeah, his characterization through the actor and, and too, yeah, the whole relationship there just makes everything that much better. And, too, I mean, watching him play... Like Gimli and Legolas. That's right. It's proto-Gimli and Legolas. Proto-Gimli and Legolas. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years in the making. Yeah, and he's going to throw him by the time the season's done. He's going to have to throw him at somebody. But yeah, like, you know, all this stuff with uh, Celebrimbor and them talking about, you know, coming up with this idea that, like, okay, we need to turn to somebody to help us, you know, with this incredible task. Uh, and it made me think back in a tangential way, you know, you have the whole speak, friend, and enter thing in, in Lord of the Rings before they enter the abandoned mines. And so here I thought it was kind of a fun little twist on that because, yeah, it's like there is a pretense of friendship that they're going off of, but then it puts, you know, Elrond at an immediate disadvantage and then creates an endearing dynamic to watch as, yeah, this this ailing friendship is sort of being breathed, having life breathed back into it. And uh, and two, I mean, the way that they realized the whole Dwarven kingdom was gorgeous. <laughs> Just their whole, yeah, I don't know. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I changed my mind then. So yeah. It was okay. It was okay. Meh. I've seen better Dwarven kingdoms. <laughs> <laughs> In... Uh, in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought it did nicely to to bring him 
to a more personable and to a more not like I feel like relatable can often be kind of a cheesy word, but but in, into yeah, just like a more human place as a character. I feel like you know the first episode you already have these ideas about who Elrond is and why, and and he's you know very personable at the get go. But I like seeing him at a disadvantage and seeing him put into this position where he's like I. I'm not going to win this rock-breaking contest. I need to actually just appeal to my friend. And even the whole thing where he's like, I don't I don't get why you're mad at me. <laughs> it's only been 20 years. What, what gives? And then the whole thing about time playing differently because... Yeah, it's a fast... That's a great conversation. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, so that, that had the most character richness across the episode, and I really appreciated that. That feels like a very lived-in piece of dialogue to me. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really like that. Um, so that was my favorite aspect of the show and knowing, you know, cause obviously the main thing we have to go off of with the strongest memory is, uh, cause John, you've, you've listened to the audio books. It's like a combo. Yeah. It's like, I've, I have read chunks and, and listened to all of it. Yeah. And then with the Hobbit, I read in uh, both. Yeah. So. Would you say you read more of Lord of the Rings or listen to more? Well, I'll probably listen to more of it than I would have read because uh, I'm not that fast of a reader and it's not the breeziest reading material. Well, I mainly just have the movies to go off of. Sure. I, that's that's the and best th of my recollection would be the movie. Is this kind of doing a Watchmen thing where <laughs> this is a prequel to the books, not to the movies? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know Watchmen is a sequel to the comic book and not to the Zack Snyder film. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm like, is this because there's so many Peter Jackson influences <laughs> that are so <laughs> present here <laughs> that I started getting confused on, wait a minute, okay, so is this L. Ron supposed to turn into freaking Hugo Weaving <laughs> or... Or are they just doing their own thing, you know? That's a great question, and I'm honestly not sure. I feel like there are... We live in a time where I feel like it's the answer is probably murky in the middle because they probably want you to think of all the uh, Peter Jackson stuff, and, and I think they at least reached out to him about this project. And it's like if you have Howard Shore credited for certain music cues and mm -hmm. stuff, it seems like there are physical ties to those movies, but I feel like at the same time, it doesn't have to be I'm, i would err more towards yes it's trying to connect to the movies than not but i'm also not 100 percent on that is it like more dead set on connecting to the books than it is to the movies you know what i mean that's because i know the movies change some stuff my best guess would be that they are more concerned maybe with connecting to the movie crowd because i feel like it would be even that much more of a hard uphill battle to be like this piece of you know streaming cinema is gonna be the the, the canonical fill-in between the books <laughs> like i feel like people would not entertain that uh so i feel like it's a much easier sell for people to be I like would. this is supplementary material to the I'd movies gladly go and lost <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm not excited for this easter egg because i didn't read that book <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know if we get some Tom Bombadils in here or something like it's the wrong era, but you know if we get some some telltale piece of only book not movie, uh, then maybe. But yeah, okay. Well, regardless, um, yeah, because it feels it feels like Peter Jackson's influence is all over this. 
Yeah. Uh, whether and I, he and he wasn't involved with the making of this, but it certainly seems like they <laughs> took a page out of how Peter Jackson adapted Lord of the Rings and aesthetically mirroring it. You know, even though I know that like Tolkien has had his own drawings and stuff yeah. to go off of. Uh, there's way more than just even like the horror touches uh, feel very much like this kind of seems like how Peter Jackson might do it. Yeah, uh, well, and there's connective tissue between Peter Jackson and Sam Raimi in terms of definitely. aesthetic style. And so, yeah, that's that's a telltale thing that says movie to me. Also, the design of the orcs looks to be pretty close to the movie orcs. What I think is cool, too, is the orcs were just like a, a quantity of idiots in, in <laughs> uh, Lord of the Rings, the films, at least. Like, they were never scary to me, except for that one guy in Fellowship of the Ring. Um Oh, the Urukai. The Urukai, yeah. Um, but the but the orcs in general are not scary, and here the orcs are actually scary. Mm-hmm. They actually feel like a real menacing threat that are ferocious and will are can annihilate you. And they're, they're a reason to fear. Versus in the Lord of the Rings movies, they're like. Uh, yeah, you know, you just get the right people around. They'll take them out, no problem, you know. <laughs> it feel like more like the hyenas from Lion King in, in, in the movies, whereas here they've so far feel like, yeah, these, like, feral creatures that I think, too, just having less of them and having them scattered around and yeah. having these, like, run-ins makes it more intense that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of characters here, <laughs> and you had uh, Galadriel swam her way to a life raft that instantly got taken out. Death moments raft. upon li- <laughs> moments upon landing there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what luck. <laughs> that, that that sea creature, that sea beast, was something. Uh, yeah, I started thinking of Jay. I was like, wait a minute, I know something this guy directed. Yeah. And and then it was making me think of some of those sequences in in uh, in the beginning in of the Fallen Dominion. Kingdom. Or uh, Fallen Kingdom, that's right. Yeah, yeah. My favorite Jurassic World movie. Because I love the de- attention to detail in the shot when she is swimming away. And then, like, what you... Because when the camera would occasionally, like, go underwater. like And you would see the, the yeah. advancement of the motion underwater. I thought was a really great detail. That was an incredible sequence, that. That shot in particular, like, that though, had to be was so amazing. hard. <laughs> yeah. Because you've also... I love, too, that you also see what looks... I'm sure they could be CG models, but what looks like actors being thrown around in the background right. when you surface up like there's so many little flourishes and details that really sold that yeah and i, I like uh i, I think because like what we're building to is essentially the opening scene like this show is building to is the opening of lord of the rings right yeah the, with the, the big battle, battle where their sealed door cuts Isildur, off his hand yeah. yeah so that could be a sealed door on that boat just using a, a different name no, 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 no. The one in the shadows. Oh, duh. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I don't know. Be an interesting way to meet him. Yeah. What's your name? It's sealed. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool to see how, like, all that came to be. And, well, yeah. And knowing that there's going to be, like, negative consequences. Because by the time, you know, Gim, when, when the Fellowship of the Ring happens... You know, the dwarves and elves are still not getting along. And this is supposed to be the thing of, we can create a real truce. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. Not, not truce, but uh, what was the specific word they said? 
I don't know, something beyond alliance. It, it, yeah. Like, we can really create a partnership here in, in a way we that... We can we're... have, like, a pact, a, a, a bond of some kind, yeah. Yeah, so having having them knowing that, like, okay, maybe they're going to temporarily have that, but it's all going to fall apart yeah. at yeah. some point. Well, and 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 something like this does feel like, and and I've said I've felt similarly about something like House of the Dragon, which which has much more of a direct sort of piece to adapt. But this is something where I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel like uh, certain prequels can feel like, or midquels or whatever you want to call them, can feel like ah, we need to come up with something to keep this going. Whereas here, it's like no, I mean, there is writing on this, and it is another. You can see what would be gripping about this phase in the history leading up to everything with Sauron and what we'll see later in the sure, Third Age and sure, stuff like sure. that. And, yeah, yeah, and so, yeah. yeah, sure. No, I'm definitely down. Definitely. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. That'd be rude. I keep talking. Okay. You're a wily one. Talk about yeah, our Erlin. Uh, which one? Aaron Deer? Is that her name? Oh, uh, Eleanor, Nor- Nori, 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 Nori. Oh yeah, I really like Nori and Poppy's thing with with. Uh, I mean, I'm I like the the they give them so much to do. Like the guy you know who's fallen from the earth and who has the whole thing with the fireflies. You know, I, I like Charlton Copley. Charlton Copley from uh, from Elysium uh, is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that, though. I mean, I, I love just the amount of commitment and, like, you know, uh, those young actors, especially the one who plays Nori, like, the amount of, like, half the time she's, like, on the verge of tears as, as this sort of, like, incomprehensible situation unfolds. And I like the immediacy of that and the sort of tension of, like, everything happening back at home and the slow unfolding of, yeah, this guy who seems like he could almost be some kind of early wizard... Or, or something, and uh, and yeah, like even though the hobbits aren't, you know, or the the Harfoots aren't, so far the show is a true ensemble in that I don't feel like anybody is the central character. So you know, in Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, you feel like you know you're usually with your central people when you're you know hanging with hobbits. But but here, I mean, too, I still think they get all that warmth, and whenever you're in their little village, their little you know nomadic township, you're like. I love those flavors, but also having the two of them separate with this, it almost feels like, almost like like the later phases of a Marion Pippin story, almost where like their things get a little more serious too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I quite liked that. Like, I think my favorite. I enjoyed everything we cut to. I think my favorite bits and pieces were Nori and Poppy and um, uh, Elrond and Durin, and then you know you have. Aaron Deer, and you have Galadriel, and those stories are more straightforward, more action oriented. This episode, but um, something that feels a uh, really fantasy cliche about that whole thing with uh, Hallbrand, yes, Galadriel. I don't know, especially when the second they got on that raft, I was like, of course, the best looking guy. <laughs> he's he's going to be the one that's going to get all with the all his hair pulled <laughs> out. It's not going to be the other guy or the or the lady. <laughs> no, nah, it's just going to be the sexy guy. I think it's an annoying cliche about fantasy stuff to me. Yeah. What the fuck? Do I want to watch ugly people? No. No. So come on. <laughs> we already got the dwarves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we already got to put up with their faces. Yeah. 
<laughs> let's, let's watch get some two more beautiful go- two good looking people yeah <laughs> survive together in close proximity <laughs> i feel like the humans should the the human the world of men should be portrayed exactly smack in the middle and everyone should be just okay looking because the elves are all gorgeous <laughs> and the dwarves are you know like portly and hairy and stuff the and humans are gorgeous too i'm saying the, the ones the, that we have the humans should all be met at best to look at like they got the hot mom i know she's so hot Br- Br- brownie What's her name? <laughs> Bronwyn. <laughs> Bronwyn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a brownie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From how I met your mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bronwyn. Yeah. Um, she had a great. I love. I love that sequence with that orc and uh, yes. their living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They go for some jump scares a lot in this show. Mm-hmm. I think that makes. I, I think that makes sense. I think that works. It does. It's fun. It's uh. I think only one got me, kind of. Hmm. But most of the time, I'm like, come on. <laughs> well, it's really predictable jumps. <laughs> yeah. And two, I feel like a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times when something that isn't primarily horror, I mean, horror has enough trouble selling a jump scare <laughs> these days. But yeah, I feel like at times when other genres bring in horror and do a jump scare, sometimes it can be easier to have that scene telegraphed. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you got some cool plot stuff development there. Son Theo, yes, um, he's gonna become uh, little, he's gonna become uh, got a little Jr. porn stash in his little backpack there. That's right. He's <laughs> just gonna keep looking at it, but I, I can't. Mom, sorry, Mom, could you come in here? I'm not. I'm not I'm, I was not. I was not polishing my sword. Did you go to my bag? Did you run? <laughs> Knock first, come on. I know we're in grave danger. There are creatures <laughs> incoming, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, yeah, it is some type of beacon that was let off with it. Yeah, and it's like feeds on blood. Oh, my God. And uh, Arendir, mm-hmm. dude's gone. Dude's in the descent dead, now. Officially dead. He's dead. Kill him off camera. Forever. They heard all that. that, that all those people who were like, why is there a black elf in this show? They... They, they, uh, they were like, we gotta kill him yeah, off like, in the yeah, second we gotta, episode. We gotta do something about that. We gotta reshoot this whole show. We already have a black dwarf. We gotta throw I don't know. 30 million more dollars per episode. We gotta, we gotta, black, gotta heart right <laughs> black people must just exist in this world. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, he's great. I, I think he does an excellent job at, um, he it's very few performers are that great at like being interesting to watch when they're barely speaking and he does a really good job at that he's really natural like something as simple as like when he climbed out of the water and whipped out his knife yeah like damn he did that like that was like a real warrior yeah something that feels so natural about the way he did that like doesn't look like an actor who trained yeah, yeah right yeah, it's real natural and um i love all the thoughts that you could see going on behind his eyes i, I think he does an a really great job for a guy with not many lines uh, i i always find him really compelling to watch no like likewise he's, he's got a natural uh, intensity to him too like when he's registering like there's something at the ends of these halls and he starts like um hastening his way out there mustn't make haste <laughs> uh, i really i really like what he's doing a lot i think he's really i think he's really interesting oh yeah and it's the tra- easy in the trailers i thought it was going to be some just like cliche like Oh, I'm a warrior elf or something. But I'm like, no, nah, I like this brooding guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's yeah. easy to make, but it's easy to fall into that pit, pit, 
pitfall, that trap, but also it's easy, I think, with this kind of character to come off bland or come off, you know, just sort of one note. And yeah, I agree. Like he does that. He does all the the parts of that character that you would want and enjoy the the badass mystique of that. But he doesn't really seem concerned with being a badass. And so like there's something, yeah, it's the the quality of the performance combined with the fact that he is just sort of so focused and observant that does make him, yeah, like even though we don't really know a ton about him, I am always like, I just want to keep on watching you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's so much is happening in this. Sometimes, sometimes it's too, it's credit, the fact that they cut around to so many things. And mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like it could be, uh, because usually you, you build into cutting around to multiple stories. Yeah, where this, this show, this show, last episode was mainly Galadriel, but we're still cutting around to a bunch of stories. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's maintained that cutting around to a bunch, especially into episode two, because in this one I was like, oh, Galadriel's not even being cut to the lion's share of the time. You know, she yeah. might be the slightest in terms of screen time. Well, since they gave her a bunch in the last episode. Yeah, and she I was feel the main focus of the last episode. Yeah, true. I feel like in a show like that, like so far, I like the time geography because yeah it it makes sense to me that while it might not make every story every episode equally compelling for the same reasons i feel like yeah you're gonna have some characters who are dealing with a physical situation at the same time as other characters are dealing with a more intimate diplomatic situation and uh and yeah just sort of like the breadth of relevant places and the different things happening but that all seem like they're part of a growing sort of malevolent happening within this realm you know i feel like all feels relatively well coordinated and well thought out thus far anyway yeah why were people hating on this show because uh you know not everyone's white and uh the trailer lays out its themes really bare so it's just like i don't know people people thought it was too woke you got men and women kicking ass in this show i know and you kind of always i don't know i mean lord of the rings had arwen and 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 Eowyn. Eowyn. i mean i guess it's not as prominent of like there's leads and, and stuff but yeah i feel like you had a lot of different diverse but powerful our main characters. female character flat out got saved by a man in this episode i know well you have to remember that everyone who's been hating on this show has not seen an inch of it <laughs> that's true just a couple of trailers true. that's true so everyone's like oh first watch black f- dwarf watch not f- on my watch watch the flip half and where people were now it's the the woke crowd who's like I hate this show. I can't believe their main female character was rescued by a white man. It's <laughs> clearly set up that she wouldn't need him. What does a woman always need a man in yeah, every situation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People, 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 fans, especially, I think, fans of book series, because there's something I feel like that's more, you, you get a license to feel more academic, like I have read and dissected these, and with Tolkien, too, there's, you know... He wrote novels, but also wrote histories and, and you know, uh, uh, ling- linguistic texts and stuff about this world. So I feel like there is an extra uh, ability for Lord of the Rings fans to feel, you know, uh, kind of like experts among 
well, casuals. A lot of this show seems to be dealing with conquering prejudices. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's always been an element, at least from what I can recall, you know, you have the squabbles between the different races and things like that. Yeah. So, and I mean, here, they're not, like, stopping everything to make it some kind of 2022 race relations allegory, you know? That depends. That depends. <laughs> I think there's a lot of commentary about police brutality. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sauron is just a, is just a sheriff. He's just a corrupt sheriff, and his whole police force just doesn't give a shit, and they're just abusing their power left and right. All these police orcs out here <laughs> just taking it out on the well. You know that folk. Theo is. I mean, that sword is. It's a metaphor for cell phones. That's right. That's his social media right there. That's right. It's just consuming his mind and turning it into mush. He doesn't know how to interact with anybody out in the real no, world. Man, see? He's going to have no real world skills. I'm telling you, man. Metaphors. I know. Art is open to interpretation, and I hate it. I hate interpretation. <laughs> I hate what I interpret. Art is just a definitive text and nothing more. Until I write some headcanon fanfic about it. But that's a different story. Guys, this is the best show of all time. <laughs> I, I, I'm intrigued. I'm enjoying it, and I hope it keeps developing. I hope it uh, keeps expanding. Uh, yeah, man, for sure. Listen, guys. Mel Brooks should have been the main elf. I mean, uh, dwarf. <laughs> Yogurt. <laughs> Yogurt. <laughs> Your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> Got to forge the biggest Schwartz <laughs> in all of Middle Earth. <laughs> Gotta forge the Schwartz crystals. <laughs> Gotta smash these stones with a Schwartz. <laughs> You'll never smash as many stones as me. Lost it. Yeah, I know. I guess ended too hard. Yeah, he went into a different. Yeah, and then went to more New York instead of Jewish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to know what every single Jew on the planet sounds like, John, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and be able to channel all of those at the same time. Yeah, into a mono. It's a hive mind. <laughs> hive mind of Judaism. <laughs> so it's a the hive mind. <laughs> The hive mind. Uh, that's that's my contribution for the day. <laughs> I joke about that with my buddy all the time. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You have a Jewish friend? One. I, I limit it. <laughs> I have, a, few I have a bingo card, <laughs> and once your slot's full, it's full until we decide to not be friends. Andrew anymore. Gordon's also Jewish too. Oh, you can't be friends with him now. Nope, nope. Spots already taken. I know. Yeah. But too bad. I liked Andrew Gordon. Yeah, but, you know. Let's face it, man. Alron only has, like, one dwarf friend. (laughs) (laughs) I have a dwarf friend, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ask my one dwarf friend for a favor. (laughs) All right. This video is done. It's not (laughs) over ever. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Bye. (laughs)